Welcome to Is Franchising Right For You? with your host, Rick Morgan. Through each episode, we'll demystify preconceived notions about franchising, both entrepreneurs franchising and those buying a franchise. You can find this show on all the major platforms, including YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Now here's the host of Is Franchising Right For You? Rick Morgan. Welcome, Leo. It's a, hello. Hello. It's a, it's a privilege to have someone with your wealth of experience as a guest, and I, I really appreciate it. My so, pleasure to be here. My, my, just to let you know, my objective with this podcast is to expose all facets and educate the, the listeners about franchising. So I've got franchisors, franchisees who are clients, experts like yourself, management consultants, peers, people in the finance arena and the legal arena as guests throughout the, this whole series. And I, I'm trying to expose franchising through the telling of stories. And I'm sure you have plenty. Uh, you know, we actually connected a little over two years ago. I, I looked at my CRM, it was a little over two years ago. And I, I, I will say I was not ready to appreciate the value of your connection at that time. Uh, when I did my email blast uh, announcing my the, our September franchise journal, you responded, said, "Hey, we should we should connect." I didn't realize you had such a great following, such a huge following for different mediums, and I, I think it's important that you tell our audience how you've gotten involved in into franchising, uh, what you do now, and then we can go on to other topics and questions. Okay. Um, well, I started Frank. Well, I started a construction company when I was 17 years old. I had to renovate a, a house that I had just bought to create second income. And the construction company started by accident because I was building basement apartments. And again, I was never planning on starting a construction company. I just needed to finish a basement so I could get positive cash flow. It was that simple. Then a neighbor came over and said, you know, Leo, what are you doing? You know, uh, all the windows have newspaper, all the doors have newspaper. Like, it sounds like you're running a drug operation or something illegal here. And I said, no, but come in, let me show you what, I, what I'm doing. And I said, by the way, we can do exactly the same thing for you. And you can have a total stranger pay 70% of your mortgage. When your house is free and clear, kick him out. Now you have a free and clear house. He loved the idea. He brought me the five, first five clients. And that's how the construction business started. Then I realized that as we're building basements, and, and by the way, I, I created some problems for myself. And, and I started thinking, who the hell is going to hire a 17-year-old? And I thought, well, maybe I should solve that problem because while I was working on the first five clients that knew my dad, knew my neighbor, and they were the credibility for me, I was like, well, you know, eventually he's going to run out of people to refer me. So who's going to be the face of the company? Who the hell is going to hire a 17-year-old to finish their basement, right? So I thought, okay, because I hate working with my hands and my uncle is now framing the basement that he started, and I started working with my hands for 50 minutes and said, hate working with my hands. So my uncle became the framer and the face of the company. And I thought, okay, what other problems can he solve for me that I haven't created yet? So then after we were building, and by the way, building basement apartments 45 years ago was totally illegal. 
And we literally had the mayor and the police hunting me down because we were creating something that, you know, after the tip, you know, eventually there's so many people, they can't get rid of it. And luckily, we happened to get enough competition building basement apartments before I got arrested. Then it, we got past the point of no return. But um, then we started building basement apartments. And, you know, so... I'm sure everybody can understand building a kitchen in the basement. You have to break concrete to bring the supply lines and the sewer lines and everything in. So we're trying to, and we're building beautiful kitchens, bathrooms, and we're cutting out staircases and to the backyard to create entrances into, into the basement. And now we're trying to renovate the whole house because I hate leaving money on the table. Right. Hate leaving money on the table. So now I'm trying to communicate with the client and say, well, you know, we built your beautiful basement. And a lot of the comments we used to get, you know, the basement is so nice. I feel like moving downstairs because it's nicer than my upstairs. And I would use that as an opening to say, well, why don't we start renovating the upstairs? We can give you a brand new kitchen and brand new bathrooms and flooring and paint and so on. We can create a brand new house up there. Right. Well, you know, you guys are great at building basements, but what do you know about building kitchens? And that would always frustrate me. Right. You know, and I would explain it's much easier upstairs than it is down here. We don't have to break concrete upstairs and we can give you a really nice kitchen upstairs. So we were starting to be seen as jack of all trades and master of none. And that's when we started thinking about franchising. Right. Because we wanted to have crews to specialize in each of the products like Kitchen guys only did kitchens. Bathroom guys only did bathrooms and so on. So we created 22 different franchises, and that's how we started the franchise concept. And since then, we've started eight franchise concepts from scratch. So I'm a firm, firm believer in franchising. So are all of these the franchises that you started from scratch, the eight in the home service, property service type of industry? Most of them was. Our second was a um, a tow truck franchise of all <laughs> of all things. A, a tow truck franchise because they, they came to me and and I got a connection through one of my guys who was maintaining our vehicles and he knew people in the truck and the diesel repair and they ran tow trucks and you know we got into a conversation once and I said why are you guys just you know towing out of you know in the city, why don't you get the contracts, you know, to tow off major highways? Oh, no, you need to have connections and you need to be able to tow right across Canada. So I thought, okay, what if we unite, you know, a hundred or a thousand franchises, towing franchises to band together so now they can tow off major 400 series highways, right? So we created that franchise to solve a problem. And the problem was, you know, it, there were too many small independents and not a major one that could attack the majors that were doing it at that point. So that's how it started. Well, that, that's that, that creates the opportunity when you have a, a very fragmented uh, marketplace and re regardless of the service, if you can consolidate and then then start to expand. I mean, that, that's that's franchising itself. Exactly. Do you still own those, your, your eight franchises? Oh, no, I sold my first business when I was 25. Uh, that's the first time I retired, retired four times already. I love business. I love talking about business, talking uh, with entrepreneurs and creating strategies. I love coming up with the concepts, say, here's the concept, go do it. 
you know, mm-hmm. then someone, uh, you know, my staff, my people, you know, create the uh, business blueprint, the differentiation, branding and differentiation and that unique structure. Then we hire people, we hire brokers to to help us in the in the franchise end of things. But we don't specialize in franchising. But I believe when we design the business blueprint, the exit strategy is always part of the blueprint. And either it's a it's a franchise model um, or you exit to, and you sell it generally to uh, to syndicates and, and investors who are thinking of franchising. But franchising is always part of the business blueprint because I think it's the fastest way to bring uh, capital infusion into a company. So I thoroughly believe in franchising. I, I, I agree. I mean, you're finding vested partners whose interests are aligned, whose skills are aligned, and you're confident that they can build your brand. But it really just sounds like you hate to retire. Huh. <laughs> well, two divorces. I don't have a life. My life is business. So so you're right. You're right. And um you know, I, I keep thinking about people who say, well, you know, how are you going to control quality with franchising? I mean, obviously, those people don't understand franchising because instead of paying your employees, what if you could get your employees to pay you? Right. If yeah. someone pays you one hundred thousand or fifty thousand or one hundred fifty thousand dollars to buy your concept, are they vested? Do they have a vested interest in your concept? Right. They're putting their life savings into it. Of course, they're going to control quality because no one else has a a more vested interest than someone that pays a huge amount of money to be part of your system. So. Yeah, I mean, it is it is the the balance between having a vested partner versus, well, am I going to onboard this entire staff as my own? And uh, the franchising model creates the opportunity outside of the marketplace. I, I'm really glad you're a proponent of, of the franchise model. With all your experience, with everything you've seen in business, if you, maybe you can't tell us, maybe you can't tell the audience, but what, what is what is ripe for franchising now? What would you look to start? Uh, actually, as you know, we have a, a TikTok show on every day at 12 noon Eastern time where we talk about exactly that. We have the top 10 most profitable businesses. Uh, we have uh, the top 10 uh, most profitable businesses to create quality of life. We have top 10 online businesses. We have a lot of businesses, but a lot of these businesses are service-based businesses, such as mobile um, um, detailing, car detailing. Um, interior design, kitchen, uh, painting businesses. And these are all franchise concepts. So, yeah, I, I, I put my heart and soul out there. My, The reason why we have millions of followers and we have people joining the live is because we give away the farm every day. I believe in helping people. And when you help people, first of all, it gives you the greatest joy on earth by helping people. And people are grateful when people get information and they start using the information, they get a little bit of momentum. Now they're they're coming back because now they're really hungry for, for additional knowledge. And if they know that you, they can trust you and, and you're helping them free of charge, yeah, they'll they'll come back. Oh, definitely. And that, that, that's uh, my model too. And so it sounds like you, by helping them, you 
go over the pluses and the minus, the do's and the don'ts of getting into a franchise, just kind of education before in, even introducing them to a, a concept or referring them to somebody else. Yes. And a lot of people come to us and say, Leo, what do you think of this franchise? Leo, what do you think of this franchise? Leo, what do you think of this? And I should say that I'm not a fan of restaurants, but I am somewhat fan of restaurant franchising, because if you look at the failure rate in average restaurants, I mean, it's just, you know, you, you build a restaurant, we get so many questions about restaurants and coffee shops and stuff like that. And, and people say, you know, should I start a restaurant? And uh, when you think about it, it costs you $800,000 or a million dollars to build a restaurant. Mm -hmm. Then two years later, you're selling it for $198,000. So am I going to endorse something like that? Not necessarily, right? Unless you're looking to design a franchise concept and you have a proven strategy to beat the odds, right? Because the failure rate in restaurants is less than 10%. Average uh, restaurants is closer to 98, 99%. So if you look at purely statistics, you are a fool for not looking at, you know, if you insist on restaurants and you don't look at a restaurant franchise model, then I feel sorry for you. I feel sorry for your family, actually. You're in a, in a candidates, people in, in interested in franchising, some, sometimes prefer Food, food, beverage, restaurants, quick serve. Food trucks. And yeah, there's a yeah, lot of yeah, demand yeah. for food trucks. Uh, sounds like you're, you're, well, certainly, you're not necessarily endorsing it, but you're encouraging people to take a look at the track record. Make sure that they have Love a track record instead of, first if, if you're going to investigate even further. Yes. And the way we come up with the top 10 lists is for the past 40 years, we've been dissecting and analyzing companies. I used to average five flights a week, flying around all over North America, looking at financials, interviewing key people, interviewing all employees, and getting a true picture of the business. Because what the owner generally tells us and the actual picture very rarely align, right? Because what he believes is, is, is reality and what financials say is reality are not always the same. So these numbers, these in uh, these companies that we encourage you to start come from a solid foundation of 10, 20, 30, 40 years of financials. Yes, but then if you go back to when you were 17. Mm -hmm. Yes, an idiot. Yes, you you created something that was franchisable, and you know the the entrepreneurship's in your DNA, of course, and but that's how ideas start. Yes, you know, that's how businesses and and franchise franchise non franchise models start. You start doing something, people notice, people ask, it starts to build momentum. Now you got a business model that you know can be replicated. Yeah, but it was still trial and error. If I I keep you know telling my my clients, if I could invent a time machine to go back in time, I would go and find myself when I was seven, eight, or nine years old, and I would say, Leo, don't do the stupid things you're about to do. Don't start a business at 17 years old. Don't start a basement renovation business 
at 17 because it's too late. Start it in grade nine, right? <laughs> and start a painting business instead of a basement renovation because you're choosing the hardest business you can think of, aside from roofing. Roofing is just a you know, an idiot's business because it's an outside business. It, you're affected by weather and, you know, it's almost as bad as landscaping. But those two are very profitable because it has a higher barrier to entry and people are scared to get up on roofs because you're going to fall and, and die in some cases. So if you haven't noticed yet, I don't, I don't mince words. I believe in having fearless communication and people really need to have the truth, you know? And, and when people look at businesses in the vacuum, that really bothers me because everything looks great in the vacuum. When yeah. you, and I get a lot of people saying, Leo, should I buy this, you know, this uh, coffee shop? It's only $800,000 and it looks wonderful. And yeah, in a vacuum, yes, it looks wonderful. But when you start comparing it and you create a spreadsheet and comparing it with 10 other businesses, it's not going to look wonderful. And the same thing you should do with franchising. You know, Don't look at it in a vacuum. Create 10 different spreadsheets of 10 different franchises and pick the best one. The oh, yeah. I mean, they really encourage clients to talk to franchise owners, a bunch of them. You know, ask questions from about the one to the ones that are have been in business a year, three years, five years longer, and just kind of see if it's if it's creating that pattern of the trajectory and the response and the vision that, that you're you're hoping to hear and want to hear. And if you're not, then you're gonna walk you know, well, I'm gonna encourage you to walk away. Yeah. Uh, candidate walk away. Yeah. And it's all about quality of life. I mean, we start these businesses to give us quality of life. And yes. yet most people create you know, a gold-plated jail cell when they start working with their hands, right? At least franchising gives you an opportunity to get away from working with your hands. It gives you the structure. You know, sometimes it takes... Yeah, I, I run uh, multiple groups. One of the uh, Facebook groups that I run has 335,000 business owners. Most of them are working with their hands and they're stuck. They're stuck. They're prisoners of their own business. Had they had surrounded themselves with a better advisor, you know, they could have created quality of life instead of breaking their bodies. Franchising at least is a step in that direction. There's a key. You sought out your uncle. And the, and the two of you fit like like a glove in order to continue to develop the, that business. Yeah. Yeah. Have you? I'm I'm sure you've seen different ways technology has has in well franchising has embraced technology, but also the incorporation of technology to make the customer experience better, the ability to run the business better, mm-hmm. or even technology platform franchises and uh, talk about your experience there or what you're seeing or what, what you think is coming. Um, technology, 3D modeling, uh, robotics, uh, artificial intelligence. I mean, there, there is no freaking better time to start a business than today because this is a conversation we have almost every day. When I started construction business, I used to pay about $2,000 for a newspaper ad like this. Now I can post a video on TikTok at 3.2 million views. What would it cost me to get 3.2 million views on a newspaper ad, right? I couldn't afford it. But today we have so many opportunities, technology. We, we, we can start a business um, and, or buy a franchise 
and, and grow that to five or $10 million. We didn't have that opportunity back then. Um, in, I thoroughly believe that influence is the new currency. Now, when you combine influence and, and a great franchise model, and you just follow the system, don't, don't, don't think you're smarter because we used to have a, a, a KPI we used to measure. We, we uh, forget what it's, we called it back then, but, um, but it, it was something like, you know, at what point does the franchisee believe he knows more than I do? And if you have a great system to teach them and they know nothing about the industry, um, you know, we, we used to get people got reached that level within six months. Within six months, they believed they knew more than I did. To me, that's a great testament to the system that mm -hmm. trains them to do that, right? That's franchising again. Well, the encouragement there would be, okay, if, if you have gained this experience and knowledge and you you think you're at equal levels with, with you, Leo, not to go rogue, but to communicate what they're doing so that you can incorporate it into the whole system, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And, you know, that's where the intrusion of fresh ideas come from, because they see things from a different perspective, right? And the more people the more ideas you can bring in to keep elevating. Because I, I keep talking about Roger's video. Even the franchise system has to keep researching, right? Yes. We have to keep testing oh, yeah. and implementing, right? Especially when it comes to technology. Um, I mean, we used to run uh, general contractors uh, with three, five, uh, three people in the office when our competition is running with 13 to 15 people in the office. So it's about using software. It's about using tools. It's about using leverage tools, right? It's not a, either you design a people-centric business, a people-oriented business, or systems-oriented business. And I believe people should support software, not software support people. Because people get cranky, they have bad days, they have good days, but software never has a bad day, <laughs> right? Never yeah. have, it's going to work 24 hours a day for you, yeah, right? Yes. Doesn't holidays, doesn't need motivation, doesn't need additional pay. So I believe in designing systems where people support the software, not software support people, to create quality of life. Exactly. I mean, Robotics can deliver a consistent message as detailed, even more detailed than, than, than the human when you're uh, providing customer service, for example. And, you know, how many times have you walked into the same facility, location, somebody else is delivering the message from the, different from the last time and you kind of get a different, different story. So uh, you're right. Software supporting the people. Um, so if somebody were to ask you today or you know, on, your, on your next uh, TikTok program, what are the three most important things that I need to know before buying a franchise? What would you tell them? Wow, uh, that is a great question. Um, start with the end in mind. What is it you want to accomplish by buying a franchise? You know, hopefully you're saying, you know, you want to build quality of life for you and your family because that should be the goal. 
But at the same time, you want to build quality of life for your employees and your clients. Notice the order that I placed there. I truly believe it should be that order. But the system, the whole system should be a client-centric system. Your client has to come first. I remember reading um, uh, a message on someone's website in the construction industry. And it was, this was like a promise. And they said, we, were, we promised to get back to you the same week you send us the request to quote. And I thought, what? Same week? I freak out if it passes five minutes. Oh, I know. Right? Yeah. If a client sends you an email and you don't respond within four or five minutes, they're on to the next client. We, we, you know, Amazon has changed client-centric businesses. It has changed. So if your policy and procedure mail don't reflect one to four minutes to respond to that client, even if it's just Mrs. Jones, I'm with the client right now. Can I get back to you at eight o'clock this evening? You've done something, right? But that client has to come first. If you take more than four or five minutes, you've lost that client. Oh, yeah. A lot yeah. of businesses don't understand that. We are in a client-centric society, and your your franchise has to reflect that. And going back to the, to the question, um, once you understand what it is you're trying to accomplish, pick and choose the right franchise, create that spreadsheet, have at least 10 franchises to compare to, and have at least 10 different categories. The first one should be quality of life, right? Um, and uh, the, the, the second one should be, how am I different from other franchises? How am I gonna grow this, this process, right? How am I uniquely different? And how am I gonna stay ahead of the curve, right? Because if you don't you know, try to stay ahead of the curve, you're falling behind, it means other people are staying ahead of the curve. And even though you're, you're staying at inflation or par, you're actually falling behind. So it's what are you looking to accomplish with this franchise? Mm -hmm. Leo, I know your time is precious. We, got, we just got a couple of minutes. I, I just want to couple of, cover a couple of things. And it's first one is, do you ever have people ask you, I really like this franchise, but I'm afraid? Yeah. You ever, you ever get uh, broached with the, uh, the element of fear of making oh, that fear. The fear is humongous. Actually, I, I that was one of the videos that I posted this morning that, you know, we get thousands of people joining our podcast and people are always encouraged and everybody says, yeah, I want to start a business. I want to, you know, buy a franchise, whatever that is. But a very small percentage of those people actually do. So I was actually asking the question, what are the fears, right? Because the, the ego, and I believe the biggest fear is the fear of failure, fear of having egg on your face in front of your neighbors and your friends. Uh, I think that's the biggest fear. I think that is a, a bigger fear than losing money. Fear of losing credibility, I think, is a bigger fear than losing, uh, losing, you know, fifty thousand or a hundred thousand dollars, or losing, you know, five or ten years of your life. So fear is is major and something that we tackle, try to tackle every day. I'm not saying we have answers, but it's something we talk about every single yeah. day. Yeah, I, I always encourage my clients to, if they're feeling fear, let's let's talk about it. Yeah, uh, may I continue? Yeah. Um, I believe the quickest way around that fear is looking at the business blueprint, right? If you are designing and building a house, the first thing the architect is gonna do is put the design on the house on paper or on the screen and you can see it, 
right? And mm. with augmented reality, you can actually tour that house before it's built. So seeing the business blueprint or seeing the systems or the franchise systems and seeing every safeguard, every safety net that's built into all the different systems, once you see that and you understand why they were in there, I would say 90% to 95% of that fear will evaporate because now you can see it, right? <laughs> A lot of times the fear is fear of unknown, but right. we don't know. But once you see it, once you shed light of the unknown and you can see it and touch it and, and you see the systems and, and the statistics behind those systems, now it's a much easier thing to live with. You're never going to get rid of fear 100%, but if you can get rid of it by 95% because you can see the systems in why they were successful for 10 or 20 other franchises and you just follow the model have faith and follow the model, you too will be successful. That generally eliminates most of the fear. I agree. Now, we're going to close, but I want, want uh, you to close by giving a little more um, color behind your favorite quote of never split the difference by Chris Voss. It's lost, yes. The meaning of, of that. Why? Uh, well, Chris, Chris Voss, I've read that book 12 times already. It's an audio book. And he was the top hostage negotiator for the FBI. I used to deal with life and death situations, turned business consultant. So his strategies have been proven in a life and death situation. Right. And it's really a negotiation book. It's a negotiation book, but it asks some tough questions like why? Why? Right. And and when you start asking tough questions and you start believing in fearless conversations, then you start asking why. Why do I want to start, start a coffee shop? Why do I want to you know uh, start a, a self-storage unit or or laundromat? These are the top stupid questions, not stupid, top businesses that people want to start. And I'm thinking, why? Yeah. And, and they have no answer. It's when you have no answer, you know you're going down the wrong path. Right, right. So, so that's when you don't know the answer, you're splitting the difference. You're not, you're almost not choosing a path, I guess. Well, it it forces you to ask the right questions, and when you start right, asking the right questions, you start getting the right answers, and that's what the book teaches you. Um, and you know, and and the other thing I should suggest is start with an an inventory list. If you're thinking about buying a franchise, start with an inventory list of your assets and skills. Hopefully mm -hmm. on the top is you know communication. It's not working with your hands. Working with your hands, you're worth 25 or 40 bucks an hour. But communication skills, uh, inspirational skills, mm -hmm. visionary skills, if you have those skills and you can lead and motivate people, you are going to be very successful in franchising. And if you don't have those skills, if you know how to read, you can gain those skills. Oh, I agree. Well, God, what what a tremendous amount of insight and knowledge you've, you've given our audience today. I really, truly appreciate your uh, participation and being a guest. I would like to invite you to be a guest on my show. Because franchising is a is a conversation we need to have more and more. 
I will would love to be a guest. We'll, we'll follow up uh, offline, of course. And thank you. My pleasure, Rick. You're welcome. You've been tuning into Is Franchising Right For You? with your host, Rick Morgan. You can find more episodes on all the major platforms, including YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Thank you for your positive reviews, comments, questions, and for sharing this show with others.